The Truth Commentary with Rob Pugh, publisher of the Wisconsin Christian News, a ministry dedicated to the truth revealed through Jesus Christ, encouraging listeners to stand boldly as the King's return is at hand. We're living in days of great uncertainty, and as a reader recently reminded me, many people, including many churchgoers, are filled with fear, doubt, and trembling. This earth, and perhaps especially this country, is under the judgment of God. Of course, God has the last word on everything. He's patient and long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. Yet he does judge the wicked and pronounce a righteous sentence upon them. We're seeing that now, and many who've been apathetic toward the things of God, too caught up in their own personal pursuits to bother with God or His Word, even those who claim to be Christians sense that something big and bad is about to happen. Even unbelievers, professing atheists and pagans, report a feeling of impending doom and dread. Things have changed rapidly over the past couple of years, and those who serve as watchmen have been sounding the warning to repent, seek God, choose who you will serve, and if it be God, then get serious about your service to Him and the commission He's called you to. But few have listened. I sometimes wonder if all the information and warnings I myself give are simply falling on deaf ears too. What will it take for godly men and women to rise up, stand up, speak up, and understand the urgency and the lateness of the hour? I think we've become so accustomed to hearing bad news about what's going on in our country, we just sort of tune it out now. We feel powerless to effect any kind of change, and we're doubtful about preparing for the trials and tribulations to come. Maybe it's because we've been warned for so long, yet for most of us, our lives have just slowly adjusted to a new normal. So when people like me warn of serious danger ahead or grave injustices going on right now or treason in high places and the righteous judgment of God upon a wicked nation, we're just seen as fear mongers and conspiracy theorists. If it's not on the TV news, then it's not happening, right? Just another right-wing conspiracy. Even my local newspaper, which prides itself on being independent and nonpartisan, publishes some of the most leftist slanted articles you could ever dream up completely discounting verifiable proof of malfeasance, treason, and serious crimes. Evil is called good, and good is called evil. And if you dare say or think otherwise, you're now a radical right-wing conspiracy theorist, a Christian nationalist, and a domestic terrorist. Today, many have been given over to strong delusion. I could cite many examples, from the climate change crisis to free and fair elections, But perhaps the strongest delusion from those who constantly want us to follow the science is that there are more than two genders, an infinite number of genders, in fact, and we must all not only acknowledge that in order to be good citizens, but we must also celebrate that delusion pridefully as well. If we don't, we are hateful bigots. What insanity! The acceptance now of transgenderism and an infinite number of gender identities is probably the greatest proof that most of America has fallen prey to strong delusion. The word delusion means a misleading of the mind, false representation, error or mistake proceeding from false views. Never before have so many been so confused, and I dare say never before have so many been so forcefully coerced into accepting, believing, and then pridefully celebrating so many obvious delusions. But some still have consciences that haven't been totally seared yet, and so they instinctively know things are worse than just not right. 
And this has brought about an atmosphere of fear, depression, great anxiety, and madness that not even Pfizer can fix with their pharmacia. For thousands of years, followers of God have turned to the biblical Psalms for comfort. One of my study Bibles describes the book of Psalms like this. The feelings of joy and pain, fear and security, triumph and tragedy, confidence and doubt, hope and despair are expressed with reverence, honestly and boldly. My study Bible goes on. The reader is sometimes taken aback by the blunt and powerful words that the psalmist used. But these folk were often in life-and-death situations, attacked by ruthless and cruel enemies, betrayed by friends, or in natural dangers as they traveled the land. Because there was no lasting peace and no sense of security, life was a daily challenge. Yet they were convinced that the Lord reigned over the affairs of men, and so they rejoiced over the law of God as their guide. It also informs us, Whenever the Lord demonstrated his sovereignty by direct intervention in their affairs, they praised him. When God's intervention did not seem to be forthcoming, they lamented over their dilemmas and prayed more earnestly. When the affairs of life seemed unfair, they analyzed the wisdom of God's decisions. But in every case, they reaffirmed their hope in his loyal love and their commitment to serving him. The book of Psalms is a collection of poems that were originally set to music and sung in worship to God. The Psalms were written by at least six different men over the course of several centuries. For example, Moses is said to have written Psalm 90. Others are attributed to King Solomon and many to David. All flawed and sinful men, but used by God to do many great exploits, because through all their faults, their faith remained strong, and they knew who their Creator was and who they were ultimately accountable to. In faith, they cried out to Him in their times of need, in their times of fear. Whenever they encountered persecution and defeat or justice and victory, they praised God. We could learn from these psalm writers and from the psalms themselves. Indeed, in days like these, they can bring comfort and peace to our troubled and fearful souls. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Many of us have this psalm committed to memory. Often it's recited corporately in church. But do we really understand what it means and what it is we're saying? First of all, this is not for everyone. The carnal, worldly, pagan unbeliever cannot claim any of these promises of God. This is only for those whose shepherd is the Lord, only for those who submit to and serve God Almighty. This is for God's children, bought by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, who have the Holy Spirit of God within them. God's children will not lack anything they truly need, and instead of fear and trembling, their hearts are led to green pastures and still waters. When one soul is weary and defeated by this world, the Lord restores it. 
The Holy Spirit guides and directs us in the paths of righteousness, and we need never fear, even though we face death, because God, as he's promised over and over again, will never leave us. God also uses his rod and staff not only as tools for direction and guidance, but also as tools of discipline and correction. Knowing our Lord is watching over us carefully and lovingly, keeping us on the path to life brings us comfort. As Christ followers, the world hates us. We have many enemies. But again, the Lord cares for us abundantly. It may not seem like it when we're facing lions, giants, and evil armies of demons. But even in the midst of all this, we can sit down at the table God's prepared for us with abundant and lavish goodness, such goodness that our cups are filled to overflowing. And we may not see goodness and mercy as we're unfairly persecuted, as it appears that the devil and his demons win every battle. But that's not what the psalm says, is it? It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. This implies something a little different that you may not have considered. As children of God, as his remnant people on this earth, we are to be his ambassadors to a wicked, fallen, demented world. And if we represent him properly, then everywhere we go, we should be leaving in our wake a wave of goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy follows us, but it's not just for us. It's for those who don't yet know Jesus Christ as their Savior and his Father as their Maker. And then, in the end, when our time on this earth is over and our souls outgrow these bodies, then we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This should be a great encouragement to us all. Don't just recite Psalm 23 with vain words. Meditate upon it. Understand it. Know what it truly means. Praise God and commune with him as you pray those words to him. The world needs hope. Christians need to stop living cowardly lives filled with fear. Trust in the only one who can always be counted on to be faithful. And count your blessings because all who truly follow Christ are truly blessed beyond measure. Let me close with the words of Psalm 91. And I pray that today and in the worst of the days that are soon to come, you'll learn to meditate, understand, and know who your God truly is and why you need never have anything other than total peace that passes all understanding. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you, to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. 
I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Friends, meditate on these areas of Scripture. Praise the Lord with them and reverence him with them. And as Psalm 91 ends, call upon the Lord in your times of trouble, and he will answer you, deliver you, and honor you. Though we are going to face persecution, we can be bold, courageous, thankful, grateful, and powerful, even if our enemies take our earthly lives. Those who stand strong till the end will be saved, and you will see God's salvation. So fear not. Audio versions and transcripts of this message are available when you call me at Wisconsin Christian News, 715-486-8066, or email Rob, R-O-B, at wisconsinchristiannews.com and ask for message number 398. This has been the Truth Commentary with Rob Pugh, publisher of the Wisconsin Christian News. Find us on the internet at wisconsinchristiannews.com. Questions and comments? Email Rob, R-O-B, at wisconsinchristiannews.com. The views expressed are those of the speaker.